Hello and welcome to Purpose, a podcast dedicated to discussing topics and empowering the stories at Lincoln College Group. I'm your host, Sasha, and today's episode is all about eating disorders. I'm delighted to introduce our guest today, Jodie Kempson, a psychological intervention facilitator. Welcome, Jodie. Hi. Um, so I work for adult eating disorders um, within LPFT. Um, my sort of day-to-day role as a psychological intervention facilitator is doing um, sort of one-to-one guided self-help with um, any patients that are referred within our service that meet that sort of treatment pathway. Um, we do have, obviously, other treatment pathways, be that CBT, Mantra, SSCM, um, and then guided self-help, which is the one that I work on. Um, within that, we also do practical support, which is working with the patients to face those sort of fear foods, um, eating out in the community, doing food shopping. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it's quite a wide range mm. of things day to day and and it all depends on patient to patient some patients need that practical support other patients just need the one-to-one um, guided self-help so it encompasses quite a lot so for our listeners at home that are new to the topic of eating disorders can you break down what the most common eating disorders are typically within younger people um so yeah so the most common ones within younger people would be anorexia nervosa um, and then there's a lot of subtypes that come off anorexia nervosa. So there's anorexia nervosa binge purge. Um, there's anorexia um, nervosa atypical. There's all sorts of subtypes that come off that. So um, a lot of people just sort of see anorexia nervosa mm. and um, put it under one umbrella. But there is quite a few subtypes that come with that, um, dependent on a person's um, symptoms and how they how it's displayed within each person. Um, and then you've got bulimia which is um, where a person restricts and then binges and then purges because of um, the thoughts and feelings around that binge. They get to sort of uncontrollable and they binge um, a quite a significant amount of food. Um, there's two sort of binge types. There's a subjective binge and an objective binge. So a subjective binge would be something that the person perceives as out of control. Mm. An objective binge would be a quantity of food that is actually out of control, so an excessive amount of calories. So there is quite a difference in mm. in the binging. Um, but someone with bulimia and nervosa would purge after that because of the thoughts and feelings around that binge. Um, and then we obviously have binge eating disorder. That is people that um, basically say what it says on the tin, binge food mm. um, um, and lose control over their food. So they may restrict... Um, alongside that or they may just have um, binge episodes within a normal diet um, of sort of a normal day-to-day, day-to-day eating mm. um, but then binge on top of that. Um, somebody with binge eating disorder wouldn't necessarily purge after that which is the difference between bulimia and, mm. and binge eating because bulimia nervosa will come with the restricting and the purging alongside that so it's definitely key for you to understand your patients because like you said everyone is an individual and just kind of pinpointing exactly their disorder and helping them through that is important so according to beat 62 percent of symptoms appear before the age of 16 so it is important for us as a college to create this safe space to talk about such topics to raise awareness so people can seek the correct support. So 
from what you said, eating disorders are quite complex. Mm -hmm. What is the cause of an eating disorder? Generally, we wouldn't say that there is one cause Mm. um, for an eating disorder. Um, A lot of patients that we see, um, personal experiences in the team, um, you know, it comes from a wide range of things, be that um, a difficult childhood, bullying, um, and parents being um, overprotective, Mm. um, and it's sort of a, a... a rebellious thing and it's yeah. like well I can control this situation so it's sometimes down to the control of I can't control anything else in my life so I can control the food that goes within my body mm. um you know it could be that we're brought up into in this sort of diet culture we're very yep. especially January comes around and it's like everyone mm. needs to join a gym and everyone needs to do that and it could just be the culture that you brought up in um yeah. you know a lot of sort of young people that are dancing doing sports all sorts of things it can come from a very healthy mindset to start right. with and turn into something that um you don't necessarily want want it to be but the pressure's there Um, so it could just be that and it could be that like I say social media use we're very in depth and and very entrenched in this whole weight shape body image Mm. all of those things so a lot of things can cause an eating disorder and I would personally I would never say that one thing often causes an eating disorder it's normally a a number of things Mm. altogether a combination of kind of social environmental factors um yeah, and like you said, it's it's a way of coping or feeling in control. And there's so many different scenarios that can yeah. lead you to an eating disorder. Yeah. Um, so for our students that are listening to this and can identify that their symptoms may align with what you've discussed, what does diagnosis and help process look like? So for adult eating disorders um, and um, CAMS eating disorders, uh, we would take referrals through your GP um and your gp would refer into our service and we would um often pick up that referral and discuss it as a team um Mm. and decide whether that person needs an assessment um with us or whether they're not right for our service um and when i say not right for our service it's not that they were saying they haven't got an eating disorder but it's just that we have we um work with patients that are moderate to severe mm-hmm. there's steps to change who work with patients with a, with an eating disorder for mild to moderate um so it would be your gp would make a referral based on physical health observations mm-hmm. um weight height um and bmi um going forward and then it would come to us as a team and if we felt that they were they needed an assessment to see whether they were suitable for the service we would um, invite them to an assessment which is to basically get as much information as possible from that mm. patient in their own words and then again we would take it back to the team discuss it as a team and decide which pathway um, they needed to go on and then there's like I said at the beginning there's a different levels of treatment pathways that mm. we can refer to dependent on that person. That's amazing and I imagine you've had many cases that you've seen people triumph and and really kind of conquer um you know things that they want to go beyond and yeah thrive and and make sure that they beyond the treatment sustain a healthy lifestyle yeah and I appreciate that it's a difficult it's a difficult topic to actually sort of say I'm struggling with Mm. um because one thing I always say is eating is the most natural thing in the world and it's one of the first things that you're taught 
as yeah. from being born, but actually it can become quite na- unnatural to people. Yeah. And by admitting that, it can be quite a scary thing. So mm-hmm. we appreciate that as a service and um, we don't underestimate that at all. And by taking that first step and going to GP, mm. we appreciate that that's a big triumph in itself yeah. um, to do that. So I don't want any of sort of the young people to think that we don't appreciate how difficult it is to come mm. forward to say that you're struggling with something that yeah. the rest of the world sees as the easiest thing ever. Yeah, I mean, that acknowledgement is key and seeking support is, you know, a step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's very important that, you know, if you are thinking, actually, my eating habits don't look right, you know, seek help. And if that starting point for you is online, there's Beats, which is an incredible helpline where you can um, have a message board and you can really get the discussion going. But naturally, they would advise you to go to your GP yeah. and then they can move onwards to get that referral process started. Yeah. So... What drives you to work in this field, Jodie? Um, so I have a personal experience of an eating disorder. Um, I had um, anorexia, and which went into bulimia mm. um, as a 14-year-old. Um, and I was in hospital treatment, um, and it was very much for me a loss of a lot uh, something that went out of hand I didn't go into it with I want to be the skinniest person in the world Mm. that's not how it was driven it was I just lost a little bit of weight and it got out of control and Mm. developed into an eating disorder and I was quite fortunate that I got treatment quite quickly um and it was a blip in my life um and that is something that we push for in early intervention um mm. because it can just be a blip in your life it doesn't have to take over the whole of your life yeah um and i'm a big advocate for people seeking support as soon as they see something that's that's not right for them yeah. and not allowing it to just be pushed to the back of their head and been like oh well it, it might be okay and i might mm. get out of this sort of hole um because I allowed it to take over my life for two years and then I ended up having to go into hospital treatment. If I'd have like support a lot sooner and said to mm. my parents, you know, I'm actually struggling with this and I'm not sure how to get out of it, mm. then I might not have ended up in a hospital. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big advocate in working with patients to recognise and manage their, their symptoms and get treatment yeah. at the beginning. Um, and I think... It works quite well within the service. Quite a lot of the patients that I've spoke to quite like the fact that they can speak to somebody that's been through that. And that was definitely something that I lacked when I was in treatment Mm. was that there wasn't anybody that I felt fully understood me um, because they hadn't been there. So, so yeah, yeah, so that's what drives me to sort of work within eating disorders. I mean, like you said, that relatable kind of personal connection, you can understand how people are feeling and yeah. empathise because it is a very difficult thing um, to go through and um, getting that support. Um, because like you said, it, the longer it takes, the more lasting the impact will be. Um, so that kind of early on diagnosis, start that conversation, get that treatment. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of young people especially don't... Um, understand that the impact of not eating enough Mm. can have on your body 
um, because we sort of see it as a physical thing, as in, you know, you've lost weight, but actually internally there's a lot of effects that it can have on the body, physical mm. health-wise. Um, so, you know, you can some people might be recognising that they're not eating enough and they might be feeling more tired, more fatigued, not able to concentrate as well. Mm. Um, dizziness, you know, fainting, struggling to get upstairs, yeah. all of those things could be the symptoms of not eating enough and not and reg, not regular eating um and the longer you go doing that the effects that it can have on your body i don't think a lot of young people sort of take into consideration yeah um you know the damage that it can have on organs bones all of those things that mm. in the midst of it you don't think about um but actually the statistics are there that it can have long lasting effects on your body yeah. so getting early intervention is a is a big drive at the minute yeah you know you need to fuel your body with nutrients and like you said there's there's so many different ways that that it can affect you so um yeah identifying it early is is very important um so thanks again for sharing your personal story (laughs) because yeah i think it will speak to people who are listening to this and think actually this affects me and I, i don't know where to start the process but you know having this space where you can talk about it um is good yeah and i appreciate that me saying you know you go to your gp and seek support i appreciate that that can be difficult for yeah. for some people but if if the first step of, of you seeking help is going and speaking to somebody within the college or a tutor or a friend or you know somebody within the well well-being hub that's that's still a first step and that's yeah. great and and by seeking that support that actually might be enough mm. not everybody needs to come to not come to services obviously we want everybody to get the treatment that's needed but it sounds scary to be like oh well if if I struggle with eating my lunch do I need to go to an eating disorder yeah. service not necessarily but what we're here to sort of give the message about is that you know we need to fuel our bodies and long as there's a, you know, then we need to be regular eating three meals a day, snacks, you know, when you're hungry, mm. are you skipping meals for a reason that's not, that you're not hungry? Yeah. And that's what we want to sort of get the message across is that we're not saying that every single person that skips lunch needs to come and sit down and have a yeah. chat with me. Um, but, you know, seek that support. And if it's taking over your life and, and mm. affecting your life in any way um, in terms of food, body image weight and shape any of those things go and speak to somebody and if that's somebody in the college at the first step then that's still a very big first step and we Mm. appreciate that as a service which is why we come in and do um these well-being days yeah no you're totally right and starting that conversation is very daunting so you know if you can get there then that's amazing yeah yeah absolutely So if you are familiar with the Wellbeing Hub, it's a great place to seek support in person and the team are happy to help you on your journey. Thank you so much, Jodie, for coming in. It's been really insightful just to kind of understand eating disorders and and where where they kind of come from. So thank you.